mentors so many people in the movement. She's amazing. She's um, definitely, from my interactions with Irmala, is her knowledge of education. She's helped a lot of schools and curriculums, if I'm correct. She's helped a lot of schools set up in, in, around the world. Um, she's always traveling, or giving talks all the time. She's been to the loft and given some wonderful talks. And she used to visit New Zealand regularly, pre-COVID. Um, <laughs> so um, we're very, very fortunate to have her come in this morning and give a give a talk. I think it's around Pollard. It's yes. Last times. And um, so we're, we'd like to uh, give her a warm welcome and. Um, yeah, we're very lucky this morning. So we've got a certain amount of time, so you don't want to listen to me. You want to hear Irma give some wonderful... Oh, we enjoy listening to you as well. So um, what's your what's your time frame here? Um, an hour is good. We, that was the idea. Do we do an hour, five past nine? Oh, well, whatever time it is there. Is that okay? Yes. Yes, yes. Awesome. And I'm glad we could work at a time that worked for me and for you. Awesome, yeah, so. Yeah, I can't give any classes in London because that's like two in the morning my time. So it's yeah, it's all these time differences. Yeah, time. all these things. All right, so we're um, looking at Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto Seven, Chapter Eight, Text Twelve. Do you have that? Should I share my screen? Well, we don't have it here, but you could share if you. Okay. If everyone maybe can mute their microphones, just so we don't get any. Parents, you can unmute when Irma um, asks for questions. Okay. Or wants comments. So we can just briefly chant Jai Radhamadava, but I guess just keep that on mute to keep everybody on mute. Jaya Radhamadava, Paramahamsa, Parvajikacharya, Asatara Satashishi Madhis, Divine Grace, Asi Bhakti Vedanta, Swami Maharaj, Bhopada Kihi Jai, Iskan, Founder Acharya, Shila Prabhupada Kihi Jai, and Antikoti Vaishnava Rindiki Jai. Namacharya Shilaras Takura Kijai. Prem Chikoshi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunichananda Shidway Tikadhar Shivasati Gora Bhaktivinda Kijai. Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gogopina Shaimakunda Radha Kunda Giri Govardhana Kijai. Vrindavandama Kijai Matura Dhamma Kijai Nabajit Mayapur Dhamma Kijai Jagannath Puri Dhamma Kijai. Ganga Mai Jamuna Devi Kijai Bhakti Devi Kijai Tulsi Maharani Kijai Samaveta Bhaktivinda Kijai Gora Premanande. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Garanga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Srimati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Niti Namane. Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharne Nivasesa Sanyavadi Paskatyade Satarane. Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Yuta Padakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamscha. Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sagana Raganatam Vitam Samsajivam Sadvaitam Sadvadutam Parijana Sahita Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakam Vitam Shta Panchakalpajivishta Kipasindaviyavata Patitanam Pavanavya Vaishnavinamana I just need to get some water. Give me a minute, please. Om Nimo Bhagavate Vasudeva Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, where I am, it's May 7th, and Auckland is May 8th, 2021, and this is from Auckland, New Zealand, over the internet. We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 8, Lord Nisingadev Slays the King of the Demons, Text 12. Yes, Twayamanda Bhagyokto. You can unmute if you like to respond. Maranyo Jagadish Fadaha. Vasho Yadi Sasarvatra. Kazmat Stambe Nadrishyate. Yes, try Amanda Bagyokto. Yes, try Amanda Bagyokto. Maranyo Jagadishwaraha. Fasho Yadi Sasarvatra. Kasmat Stambe Nadrishyate. 
This is such a fun verse you guys gave me to speak about. Yeah. Yeah. The one who. Twaya. Bayu. Bayu. Manda Bhagya. Oh, unfortunate one. Oh, unfortunate one. Yuktaha. Yukta. Described. Described. Anyaha. Besides me. Besides me. Jagat Ishwaraha. The Supreme Controller of the Universe. The Supreme Controller of the Universe. Kwa. Where? Where? Asau. That one. That one. Yadi. Yadi. If. If. Saha. Saha. He. He. Sarvatra. Everywhere, all pervading. Everywhere, all pervading. Kasmat. Kasmat. Why? Why? Stambe. In the pillar before me. In the pillar before me. Nadrishyate. Nadrishyate. Not seen. Not seen. Okay. Please mute yourselves now. Let's just look at the Sanskrit here. So, here we can see he's saying, Mandya Bhagyato, you are the unfortunate one. And then, Mad Anyo, somebody besides me, Jagat Ishwarahar. How can there be anyone besides me who's the Lord of the universe? Kwasho Yadi Sasarvatra. So, <laughs> where is he? If he's everywhere, where is he? Kasmat stambe nadrishyate. Drishya means to see. Stambe is a pillar. So why don't I see him in this pillar <laughs> if he's everywhere? Srila Prabhupada's translation. Oh, most unfortunate Pallada, you have always described the supreme being other than me, a supreme being who's above everything, who is the controller of everyone, and who is all-pervading. But where is he? If he's everywhere... Then why is he not present before me in this pillar? So, you know, whenever we see dramas of this pastime, uh, this is always one of the most dramatic scenes. Who is there besides me? Who's the supreme controller? I'm the controller of the universe. There is no other one. You say God is everywhere. I don't see him in this pillar. Well, that's Hiranyakashipu. Srila Prabhupada's purport. Demons sometimes declare to a devotee, that they cannot accept the existence of God because they cannot see Him. But what the demon does not know is stated by the Lord Himself in Bhagavad Gita 7.25 I am never manifest to the foolish and unintelligent. For them I am covered by Yoga Maya. The Lord is open to being seen by devotees, but non-devotees cannot see Him. The qualification for seeing God is stated in Brahma Samhita 538. A devotee who has developed a genuine love for Krishna can always see him everywhere, whereas a demon, not having a clear understanding of the Supreme Lord, cannot see him. When Hiranyakashipu was threatening to kill, now listen to this very carefully, this is very interesting. When Hiranyakashipu was threatening to kill Pallad Maharaja, Pallada certainly saw the column standing before him and his father, and he saw that the Lord was present in the pillar to encourage him not to fear his demoniac father's words. The Lord was present to protect him. Hiranyakashipu marked Pallada's observation and asked him, Where is your God? Pallada Maharaj replied, He's everywhere. Then Hiranyakashipu asked, Why is he not in this pillar before me? Okay, so let's let's get this scene again. Right? So Prahlad is is looking at the pillar and he sees the Lord in the pillar. Basically saying, I'm here, I'm gonna protect you. Don't worry about your father. And Hiranikashipu's ranting. 
where is this God? I'm the only God. There's no other God. And then he sees the Prahlad looking at the pillar. Imagine you're having a conversation with someone, you're yelling at somebody, and they're not looking at you. They're looking at, so he's, oh, he's looking over there. So Harani Kashipu notices that, and he says, where's your God? Well, where, where is this God who you say, there's a God other than me? And Prahlad just says, he's everywhere. And then Harani Kashipu says, why can't I see him in that pillar? Assuming that Prahlad was seeing him in the pillar, which he was. Going on. Thus in all circumstances, the devotee can always see the Supreme Lord, whereas the non-devotee cannot. Prahlad Maharaj has here been addressed by his father as, quote, the most unfortunate. Hiranyakashipu thought himself extremely fortunate because he possessed the property of the universe. Prahlad Maharaj, his legitimate son, was to have inherited this vast property but because of his impudence, he was going to die at his father's hands. Therefore, the demoniac father considered Prahlad the most unfortunate, because Prahlad would not be able to inherit his property. Hiranyakashipu did not know that Prahlad Maharaj was the most fortunate person within the three worlds, because Prahlad was protected by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such are the misunderstandings of demons. They do not know that a devotee is protected by the Lord in all circumstances. So here... Hiranyakashipu is saying to his son, you're unfortunate because you could have inherited the universe from me and instead I'm going to kill you. <laughs> instead you're going to die. But actually Prahlad was the most fortunate. So everybody wants to be fortunate. Everybody wants to be fortunate. Everybody wants to be successful. Everyone wants their life to be blessed. Like often if it's someone's birthday, I'll say, happy birthday, may you be blessed especially people from Asian cultures, they'll always come, oh, can you give me a blessing? Everybody wants to be fortunate. We all want to be lucky. We all want to be prosperous. We all want our lives to sparkle. <laughs> all right? Everybody wants to be fortunate. And so what is fortune? So here we find that fortune is not the way the materialists think. It's a little different. So Harenikashipu had an idea of fortune and misfortune. Hirani Kashipu's idea of fortune and misfortune was that you're rich and powerful. You have a lot of money, you have a lot of property, you're a big controller. That was his idea of being fortunate, and I would say that that's an idea that probably a lot of people would agree to. You know, if you, you want to say, you know, my husband is successful, my wife is successful, my children are successful, they're fortunate... Usually, if we, what, that's what we mean. You know, oh, I have a very successful son. What we usually mean by that is, well, my son has a lot of money and a lot of power, a lot of influence, maybe some leadership position, some high-status job. Right? Often we also mean that the person is ethical, is moral, that they're what we call a good person. If we're going to say, oh, they're, be, they're very successful. So this is, again, this is quite common, and I think that probably most of us, when we were growing up, we had this kind of idea of success from maybe our parents or our schools, and uh, certainly from the media, that this is the idea of success. Wealth and power, you know, people listen to you, they do what you say, they have a lot of respect for you. Basically, we can look at the six opulences. Right, so the six opulences, there's Aishvarya, which Prabhupada often translates just as money, but Aishvarya is related to the word Ishvara, that you have a lot of leadership, <laughs> that if you say to someone, do this, they do it. You have power over people. And then there's Shri. Shri is beauty, you have personal beauty, or you live in a beautiful place, there's gardens and fountains and you know, nice furniture and artwork and... It also involves charisma. There's virya. Virya generally it means strength, health, 
uh, virility, fertility. So to be very healthy, to be very strong. Right? And then there's yasha. Yasha means fame. But it means righteous fame. It means fame from doing good things. Not just, some people are famous, <laughs> just, I don't know, because they're pretty or something. But, so, but people who are famous because they've done good things. So yasha also implies community. It implies that there's people around you who like you, who think well of you, because you're a good person. And then there's yen. So there's the opulence of knowing a lot of things, having a lot of knowledge, having a lot of wisdom, having a lot of experience, and vairagya, having a lot of freedom, having detachment, uh, having a lot of autonomy. You know, like if someone has a job where they can set their own schedule or where they can travel a lot, that's, that's also in the category of vairagya. So generally we think about fortune, and Krishna is called Bhagavan because he's the possessor of bhagya, here we have Hiranyakashipu who's using the word Bhagyokto. And I was just reading in the 8th canto that the goddess of fortune, she's supplying all of these six opulences to the Lord in full, which I thought was very interesting. So the materialists think, if I have all these opulences, all, as many as, of, as possible of these six opulences in this world that I can use for my sense gratification, then I am very fortunate. Now what's Prahlad's fortune? Now, Prahlad's fortune was that he could see God everywhere. Premanjana Charita Bhakti Velochanena, as Srila Prabhupada describes. That's a very different kind of fortune. His fortune was that he was spiritually aware, he was spiritually awakened. He was aware that he was a soul, he was aware of God, and not just as a theological construct or a philosophical construct or an idea, but he was actually aware of God. He could see God face to face. I mean, it's described when Prahlad was even younger than at this particular point that he you know, was a little, very, very young baby and little child. He would see Krishna coming towards him and then he would laugh and then he would see Krishna going away from him and he would cry. And he was constantly seeing the Lord interacting with him. And that was his fortune. Now, because the Lord is Bhagavan, because he possesses all fortune. When one is aware of the presence of God in a loving mood, then one also feels that one has connection with all of the opulences of God in full. Now these opulences of God, when we try to enjoy them separately from Krishna, become a source of trouble for us. They become manifestations not of Radha or Lakshmi, but they become manifestations of Durga. And so we see that people who amass a lot of these opulences in a materialistic way end up not being happy by them. That's what we see practically. In fact, Hiranyakashipu, who as Prabhupada said here, wanted to share his power and opulence with his son, was not actually happy by having these opulences. And the evidence of this was given earlier in this uh, section of the Bhagavatam, where Hiranyakashipu was always intoxicated. So happy people are not always intoxicated. It's just, they're just not. <laughs> you know, taking intoxication is a sign of being unhappy. It's not a sign of being happy. Happy people don't need any kind of intoxication. Right? Isn't that a fact? Okay. They're just, it's not necessary. So that was one sign, is that he was always intoxicated. And another sign was that he was yelling at the demigods for no reason. And that's another way you can tell that somebody's not happy. Right? Isn't it? I mean, in our everyday dealings, if there's somebody in our life who's always yelling at people and giving them a hard time for nothing or for little things, we're, we'll say, what's wrong with you? What's bothering you? Why are you jumping on everybody for nothing? Isn't, isn't that true? Right? That's, that's a symptom that we have, that we notice, that somebody's internally disturbed, is that they're grouchy and they're picking on people. Just, now why'd you do this? I did that. I'm like, whoa, you grumpy today. What's wrong with you? So Hiranyakashipu was like that. He was not a happy person. 
even though he had all these opulences, and he really had these opulences, much more so than people like Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or these sort of people. But even we see in this, you know, in, on the earth, a lot of these people are not happy. They're not happy in their marriages. They also may take a lot of intoxication. Right? So we see people have these opulences and they're not happy. You know, people work to have fame and then they don't want anyone to recognize them because it's so trouble. It's so much so troublesome for them. Right? They'll go out in disguise. So they work for decades to become famous and then they actually want to hide from people. Right? Or they, they work to become rich. But then they know that oh, probably the majority of people dealing with them are only interested in their money. Or they work to become beautiful and then they're always afraid that they're going to lose their beauty in some way. You know, so the, the, these opulences materially, when we try to enjoy them separately from Krishna, when we try to steal them from Krishna and, and we try to pretend that we're Krishna and these are our opulences, they simply bring us misery. I mean, just like if you go to someone else's house and you steal their stuff. You know, it's, it's awkward. Especially if you're still staying in their house. You know, you're in their house, but you're stealing their stuff. So we're in Krishna's universe, and we're trying to steal his opulences. But when a person who sees Krishna all the time, like Pallad Maharaj, he's actually enjoying these opulences as part of the internal energy. Because, you know, just like in a, in a normal functional family, that... The, the children are enjoying the opulences of the parents and the parents are very happy that the children are enjoying those opulences. The parents are happily sharing them. So Lakshmi Devi or Srimati Radharani, she's happily sharing the opulences of the Lord with the faithful jiva, with the faithful servant. And that's one of the uh, five kinds of liberation is that one has equal opulences with the Lord. You know, Krishna is not envious. I, I don't want to share all my opulences with somebody. You know, if I have a nice car, I don't want you to have a car that's as nice as my car. You know, you could have a car that's almost as nice as my car. You know, if I have a beautiful, qualified spouse, you know, I don't want your spouse to be as beautiful and qualified as my spouse. You know, we, we, we're envious of others. But Krishna's not like that. Krishna's happy to share all of his opulences in full with his devotees. You know, Lord Brahma says this when he talks about Dayabak inheriting the kingdom of God. Prabhupada talks about how Prahlad would inherit the property of his father. But we see our real father is Krishna. So if you're seeing our real father, Krishna, everywhere and in everything all the time and you're always in his presence, you're going to feel complete prosperity all the time. You're going to feel a sense of prosperity. Even if externally someone might look at you and maybe you're poor or you're sickly or you're ugly or... Nobody ever listens to anything you say or whatever. Opulence you may appear to be lacking materially. That experience spiritually will be different from that. So this is Prahlad's opulence. And how does he get that opulence? By love. You know, we share opulences with people who love us. Right? Because we trust them. Like generally, husband and wife, they'll, they'll have access to the same bank account. They'll have access to the same credit card. They, you know, they both know the, the key to open the door and, and like that. Because you, you think, this person loves me and therefore I can trust them. I can trust that they're going to use these opulences in a way that I would be happy with. So it's like that. When we love Krishna, then Krishna trusts us. You know, we often wonder, can I trust Krishna? Can I really have faith in Krishna? Is he really going to take care of me? Can I, can I depend on him? Can I surrender to him? Am I going to be okay? But Krishna's asking that question of us. Can I trust you? Are you a faithful servant or are you going to steal? You know, are you actually going to, going to act in a way that pleases me and honors me? That's Krishna's question. So when we show Krishna that we love him, that we care about his desires, that we care about his feelings, that we care about his truth, his philosophy, his energy, then he trusts us. 
And he says, here, you, you have the key to the kingdom. You have access to all the opulences. And devotees often don't display those because they only use them for Krishna's service. They're not interested in using them for themselves. And I think that when Srila Prabhupada asked Shamasundar, his disciple Shamasundar, uh, Malati's husband at the time, he said, you know, ask George Harrison to give the money to print Krishna book. And Shamasundar didn't want to. He said, well, George Harrison knows me as a friend and he trusts me. I've never asked him for money. If I ask him for money, it may damage our friendship. Right? And Prabhupada kept insisting. And so finally Shamasundar, he was having dinner with George Harrison and, and uh, finally he said, you know, Prabhupada wants me to ask you if you'd give, I think it was $19,000, if you would give the, the money for Krishna book. And then there was this big clap of thunder and all the electricity went out. You know, and then it came back on again and George said, well, I think that was clear what Krishna wants me to do. Uh, but the point is that the, in friend, if we're friends with someone, then we've, we're very hesitant to use their opulences or to ask them for their opulences. So therefore we see in every religious tradition that very strict spiritual practitioners sometimes take vows of poverty or live very, very simply, and they only want to use Krishna's energy for Krishna's purposes. All right, how do we become really fortunate? Well, we know how to try to become materially fortunate. We amass all kinds of good karma, and you know, we go to a good school, we study really hard, we work really, really hard. <laughs> You know, we try to have a good reputation. Maybe we use beauty creams or something like that, you know. So we, we know how to try to get materially successful. But how do we become spiritually successful? So let's look at a few items particularly related to today's verse. And we could talk about other things in connection with other verses, other parts of the Shastra. But specifically looking at, at today's verse... So we become fortunate by seeing God everywhere. And because uh, sadhana bhakti or abhyas yoga is practice bhakti, we practice seeing God everywhere. We also become fortunate by practicing loving Krishna because seeing God everywhere ultimately is an act of revelation on his part. Atasi Krishna Namadi Nabavet Graham Indriya. I can't force God to reveal Himself uh, to my material senses. And then another way to become fortunate, uh, very much connected to these, is to develop fearlessness, to develop this faith that God is going to protect me, as Prabhupada writes in this purport, that, uh, that He's there everywhere. And he's always taking care of me. Even if sometimes I can't see it, or sometimes if his care of me seems to be the opposite, sometimes if it seems very mysterious to me. All right, so how are we going to do each of these? We're going to look at each of these three. To practice seeing God everywhere, to practice love of God, and to practice fearlessness. And if we do that, we will become very fortunate. So how do we practice seeing God everywhere? What do we do to see God everywhere? So there's many different instructions given in the Shastras about practicing to see God everywhere. And the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna talks a lot in four chapters about how to see him in this world. And that's a really handy thing to be able to do because we're going to start out only seeing the world. When we take up a spiritual process, what do we see? I see, looking out my window, I see trees, I see the sky. I see some rose bushes, I see a house. And what do I see in this room? I see walls, windows, furniture, floor. That's what I see. So it's very helpful if when I see all these things, or what do I hear? I can hear birds. I hear the highway. So, you know, it's helpful if I can go with what do I see, what do I hear, what do I taste, what do I smell, what do I touch, and see Krishna there. So therefore, Krishna is giving us lists in the 7th chapter, the ninth chapter, 
the 10th chapter and the 15th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. He says, I am the taste in water. Okay. How is that taste, Krishna? I was out in, in town today and I had some water that didn't taste very good. And I was thinking, Krishna is the taste of pure water. So if I'm tasting this water, I'm also holding this cup. My ability, Krishna says, I am the ability in man. My ability to hold the cup, my ability to swallow the water. He also says, I am the heat in fire. So there's some heat in this room. I'm not, I actually have a little heater on. And of course, here for me it's spring, for you guys it's fall. But, you know, there's some heat in the room. That heat is Krishna. The heat in my body is Krishna. Yes, Krishna says, I'm the source of light in all luminous objects. So I'm looking at my computer screen. My computer screen is glowing. And I also have this ring light my daughter gave me. So I have this light. And that's Krishna. He says, I'm the light of the sun. So I can see outside the sun, light. So we can practice seeing Krishna everywhere like that. These are not just something to read through. I'm the light of the sun, the moon, I'm the taste of water, I'm the sound and ether. Okay. These are for us to meditate on. And then we have in the Bhagavatam, there are several parts of the Bhagavatam, especially in the second and the eighth cantos, I think also a little bit in the twelfth, of description of the universal form. And there's other bits and pieces here and there. So in the universal form, it says the clouds are Krishna's hair. So let's see, can I see any clouds? And I can meditate on how they're Krishna's hair. And the vegetation is the hairs like on his body. And I, I like to meditate on that because if when I'm walking outside and there's trees and there's plants, then I can meditate that I'm... I like to meditate like I'm like a little, little insect walking on Krishna's arm with his little hairs on his arm. So we can see Krishna there. Or I was saying I could hear birds. It says in the universal form, the birds are his artistic sense. They look beautiful, they sound beautiful, they fly beautifully. These are all his artistic sense. And Krishna says, I'm the sound in ether. Even the sound of the cars roaring on the highway. Prabhupada said, all sound. Actually, it's interesting, Prabhupada says, we'd like to chant Hare Krishna, but all sound is Krishna. Having said that, now I just hear this must be some big truck that just went on the highway. That's also Krishna. That sound. Maybe I can think of how, you know, when Krishna is dancing with the cowherd boys or with the gopis, there's different musical instruments playing in different sounds. Then to practice loving Krishna. To practice loving Krishna. So this is specifically why we are chanting Hare Krishna, why we are chanting the Gayatri Mantra, why we are reading the scriptures, why we are serving the deity, all of the different main practices of bhakti that we do. The reason we're doing them, according to Krishna and Bhagavad Gita 12.9, is to develop icha, to develop the desire. We're practicing bhakti to develop a desire to develop a connection. So we don't want to relate with Krishna only on a philosophical, intellectual way. We don't want to relate in just a philosophical, intellectual way. We want to also relate in an emotional way, a desire way. That's what bhakti is about. Bhakti is about devotional service. So I want to try to get that devotion. This is the idea of why we talk to, about Krishna to our friends. Right? Machitama gatapanam bodayantas prasparam katayantas tumam nicha We should have such discussions with our friends that we feel more and more attached to Krishna. I mean, we have to talk about practical things like did you put petrol in the car and things, something like that. But mostly what we want to do is act in such a way that we become more attached to Krishna. I mean, like reading this particular verse. I mean, it's such a... Let's look at this again. It's so funny, isn't it? I mean, what Prabhupada's saying here, right? So Harani Kashyapu, you get this scene. So Harani Kashyapu is threatening to kill Prahlad. 
Carlos is a little kid, right? He's, he's five years old. He's a little kid. And his father's the boss of the whole universe. And he was given this incredible youthful body by Lord Brahma that could withstand a lightning strike. So imagine this, this huge, powerful body of Aranyakashipu. This little kid, right? And he's looking for Krishna. Where's, where's Krishna? Where's Krishna? Where's Krishna? Where's Krishna? You know, imagine that you know, you're in your house and some, some thief has entered your house and you've secretly called the police. And then you're in your house waiting. When are the police going to come? When are they going to come? So Prahlad's looking around. Where's Krishna? And as he looks at a pillar, there's Krishna. I'm here. I'm going to save you. Right? I'm going to protect you. And so Prahlad's seeing him. It's like this little secret going on. Because Rani Kashapu can't see him. He's like, where is he? Where is he? He's everywhere. And Prahlad's looking at the pillar. I see you. And Krishna's like, I see you. So how funny Krishna is. You know? And then this thing, and then Mirani Kashipu is saying, I don't see him in this pillar. Right? Kazmat's dumb manager say, I don't see him in this pillar. And Prahlad's like, I do. I see him in the pillar. You know, and then Mirani Kashipu goes in and hits the pillar. You know, and then there's a sound that comes out. And everyone's looking around. What's that sound? What's that sound? And he strikes it with a sword. There's <laughs> just a sound filling the universe. And then the pillar splits open. <laughs> and this being comes out. <laughs> So how amazing is, is Krishna? We can hear this story and we, we just, wow. My Lord is wonderful. How funny he is hiding in this pillar. What a funny thing to do. How clever he appears in this half lion, half man form because Hiranyakashipu had this boon, you know, I won't be killed by animals, I won't be killed by people. I was like, okay, no problem for me. And we should become attached to Krishna. We can become attached to Krishna. We're like, wow, I, I'd like to see Nisingadev. I'd like to be there. I'd like to see this pastime happen. Right? Then we, we become interested. How wonderful my Lord is. How wonderful he is. I want to serve him. Just like in this world, we may become enamored with someone and we want to be with them and we want, we want to spend time with them. We want to please them. We want them to be happy with us. We care how they think, how they feel. We want to cultivate that. We don't want to read these pastimes only as a philosophical idea. They are certainly philosophy and it's very satisfying philosophy. We can also become attached to Krishna as the source of the most satisfying philosophy. But we want to become attached also to Krishna as a person. We want to develop that love. And we can even do that in our own life to see how Krishna is taking care of us in our lives to develop that love for him. And this leads to the third thing, to develop fearlessness. That the more I practice seeing Krishna everywhere and the more I practice getting attached to Krishna who's everywhere, the more I'll feel fearless. Because the most powerful person who I love and who loves me is everywhere. So what do I have to be afraid of? Now of course the great irony here is that Prahlad does inherit his father's kingdom. Prahlad had some other brothers as well. But after the killing of Hiranyakashipu, Lord Nisingadev installed little Prahlad as the king of the demons. So that's the irony here. Hiranyakashipu is thinking, you fool, instead of inheriting my property and my power, 
I'm going to kill you. And it was just the reverse. Hiranyakashipu was killed, and Pulad did indeed inherit his property. So that's a little ironic twist here. That doesn't always happen. Uh, sometimes the devotee dies. Abhimanyu was killed at the Battle of Kurukshetra. Jatayu was killed by Ravana. Sometimes the devotee dies. Sometimes the demon appears to be victorious for some time. But anyway, in this pastime, at least, there's this ironic twist. Hiranyakashipu thinks he's going to kill Pallad. He dies. Hiranyakashipu thinks he's going to disinherit Pallad. And Pallad actually inherits everything. So, I'll give you some time for questions and comments, discussions. Anybody, if you want to just unmute yourself if you have a question. Um, seeing Krishna everywhere um, for me is like super inspiring but also kind of challenging like the other day Jules and I were talking about doing this um, and we were like yeah today let's try to see Krishna um, in, in, in everything <laughs> and um, I noticed for me like it lasted maybe an hour. I was like, "That's very good." Yeah, trying to perceive Krishna everywhere. That's excellent. That's excellent. Excellent. It may help uh, to fix each day on one or two things. You know, you can make a list. Look at the list from the Bhagavad Gita. And you can also take some of the lists from the, the Bhagavatam. And you can say, all right, what are we going to do today? Today, maybe I'll really try to notice Krishna in my ability and in water. But an hour, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. It's very nice. Our Acharyas say that when Rupa Goswami says, always remember Krishna and never forget him, that for the beginner, that means we have some set time where we're particularly focusing on remembering Krishna. And, you know, it's not like I'm going to remember Krishna all the time, and so, wow, today I was only successful for an hour, so then I'm just going to say, well, that was too hard, and I give up. You know, it's more like, wow, I remember Krishna for an hour. I mean, that's awesome. For a lot of people, if they can remember Krishna for two minutes, that's a big success. An hour is amazing. You know, I usually tell, tell people, hey, if you could see Krishna in, in the things of this world for two minutes today, you know, that's, that's a great success. And the next day, aim for two and a half minutes. I think, uh, why don't I show you something? Let's see. I did all the Bhagavad Gita. This is just Bhagavad Gita. It's not Bhagavatam. So we're going to go through this very, very quickly. Alright, chapter 7. Om. All sounds. Seeds. This means even seeds of ideas. We all eat seeds every day. Rice, wheat, quinoa. We see people getting married. We see people with kids. Strength of the strong. Especially heroic strength. Heat. Anything we smell, flowers, incense, the ability to say you're sorry, the ability to apologize, the ability to do penances, anything that's alive, 
intelligence, our own, others, prowess, light in the sun. It's pretty easy every day, unless you're, you know, in the winter in the Arctic Circle. Light of the moon, one's abilities, our ability to see, to hear, to think. Taste of water, actually probably will often say any liquid. All right, chapter nine. Rituals. The sacrifice. Sacrifice here means specifically ceremonies of connection with the divine. Offering to ancestors. If you care about, you know, if one's thinking about one's ancestors. Healing herb, the active principle in any medicine. The transcendental chant. The butter, the fire, the offering. The father of the universe, which we can think about when we see any father. The mother. Again, we can think about when we see any mother, or if we're a mother. The support. Anytime we notice the support of anything. The grandsire. Object of knowledge. Anything we're trying to understand. Purifier. Syllable Om. We all chant Om every day. The Rig, the Sama, and the Yajurvedas. If you're distributing Isha Upanishad, that's from the Yajurveda. The goal. The sustainer, the master, the witness, the abode, we can remember that anytime we walk into our room or into our home, the refuge, you can remember that anytime we use an umbrella, the most dear friend, we can remember that anytime we see any friends, creation and annihilation, the basis of everything. The resting place. I really like this. You know, you just like, ah, whew, Krishna is the resting place. Eternal seed. Krishna says a number of times that he's the seed. I give heat. Withhold and send forth the rain. Immortality and death. In chapter 10. Beginning, middle, and end of all beings. Of the Adityas Vishnu. Of light, sun. Says that a lot. Of Marut, Marichi. Of the stars, I am the moon. The Vedas, I am the Samaveda. Demigods, Indra. Of the senses, I am the mind. This is fascinating. And if you look at the conversation that Krishna has with the gopis at Kurukshetra, Srila Prabhupada says some interesting things about this in the Krishna book. The living force, our consciousness. Shiva, Kuvera, Agni, Meru, Bhaspati, Kartikeya, the ocean. Well, that's pretty easy in New Zealand to meditate on the ocean. I have to drive here at least three hours to see the ocean. Brigu, Om again, of all the yagyas. Chanting Japa is the best. Himalayas, Ganyan, Narada, Chicharata, Kapila, Uteshrava, Airavata, the king, lightning, Surabhikaus, Kandarpa, the god of love, whenever you see people falling in love with each other. Ah, that's Krishna trying to induce them to have nice children. Vasuki, Ananta, Varuna, Aryama, Yama. Prahlad, we read about today. Time. All of us are conscious of time every day. I have a good friend who likes to say, Krishna is the time being. The lion, Garuda, the wind, Parasaram, Shark, Ganges. Of all creations, beginning, middle, and also end, and also the middle. So Krishna says that he's beginning, middle, and end of all beings, and beginning, middle, and end of all things. Science of the self. Truth. Ah, the letter ah, the basic sound. Dual compound, like Ramakrishna. Time again, because he's time. Brahma, 
death again, he says he's death, generating principle of all that is yet to be, famous women, fortunate women, women who have fine speech, women who have good memory, women who are intelligent, women who are steadfast, and women who are patient. The Brihatsa, Gayatri, the harvest season, flower-bearing spring, gambling, splendor itself, victory, adventure, whenever we feel a sense of adventure, victory, whenever we feel strong, Balaram, Arjuna, Vyasa, Sukracharya, punishment, morality, silence, wisdom, again seed. <laughs> Everything comes from a spark. And 15, splendor of the sun, splendor of the moon, splendor of fire, keeping all the planets in orbit, the moon that gives the juice of life to all vegetables, our digestion, the fire digestion and the air that moves our food, the food around our bodies. Whatever we can remember, whatever we know, whenever we forget. And why don't I show you something else too and then we'll come end for today. Okay. Oh, I hope you like that. That's done by Mahatma. And uh, the devotee who made that video, Narada, she lives uh, in London, so if you recognize the deities from London. Okay, so we should probably end now. Uh, you all have to go about your day. It's after nine there. So thank you very much, and hopefully we will uh, meet again at some point. Shiva Ki Jai. Thank you for your time, Amala. Much appreciated. And we'll be in touch. Hopefully we'll do another one soon. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.